You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Unique New York. <laughs> Unique New York. This is episode 86 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. I'm Ted. He is Wacy, and we are here with our, uh, I guess, it's 86 shows. What is that? Man, we're that? hammered through these. What does that break down to? Uh, like per week. So we're on, we're on, uh, it's one every two weeks, doesn't it? We're in season four <laughs> though. Like 26 yeah. weeks. So 26, 52, um, 52 plus 26. What does that, what does that mean? Man, you, you've lost, you lost me. 78. So 78 was three years in and we're in season four. I think it makes me think of uh, the the meme with like Zach Galifianakis from the hangover when he's trying to figure out how to count cards, like all like the formulas and stuff for pounding up. That's what that reminds me of. That's what just happened with you. Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of thing. I I, I thought of a a good question as you're leading into this. What, what to you, what is the most quotable movie you've watched? Like it's a timeless movie that like just has like the most amount of this like banger quotes that people still quote to this day. Oh, what well, I think, uh, I think that there are a few movies that, that, uh, but for you, for not, not for like Jen, just like, what is to you? What yeah. is your like, most... um, well, I think it's two, I think it's Talladega Nights and Step Brothers, both Will Ferrell movies. My, my point was that I think Will Ferrell has created some of these most quotable pieces, timeless in, movies. I was thinking about right? Talladega Nights today, too. That's just that's a yeah. really good movie. It's it so was on good. the TV the other night when we were in Canada, yeah. it was on the damn, uh, on the TV. I was like, oh, we got to watch this. And then For there was me, another good one that was on. Blades there. of Glory is really quotable too. Another Will Ferrell movie. It's so funny. My my top quotable common. movie though, by far, like not even close, is Dumb and Dumber. Like that doesn't even yeah. nothing even competes with Dumb and Dumber. Okay, what are they? What are the biggest ones off that? Like, um, I thought the Rocky Mountains would be a little more rocky. And and John like, Denver is full of shit. You've had an extra pair of gloves this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, which ones? Else? Which ones do you? We have uh, no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> Oh dear. Which ones do you most? Uh, which ones do you use the most, though? That's probably mm, that's, those are probably. I would say uh, for me, okay. So for I do use the 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 John the Rocky Mountains to be a little more rocky one all the time, just because yeah. it's just it's we're living where we live. It's a tee up. Yeah. Um. What's another one from there? Oh, um, the IOUs are as good as money. That's my one of my favorite quotes of all time. <laughs> like they're as good as money. I always say that all the time. That's a good oh, one. Oh man. Um. Another really good quotable movie is um. What the fuck? I just lost what it was. Well, some of another, your- Will, another Will Ferrell movie. Another Will Ferrell movie is like super quotable. What is it? I'll think of it anyways. Um, well, the Catalina Wine. Oh, Anchorman. Anchorman. Sorry. Anchorman's oh, yeah. like an unbelievably yeah. quotable movie. Yeah, like, Will Ferrell, man. Yeah. He's really good in that one. And I, even the other guys, dude, like that's such a, another such that, that's, that's like, that's my like underrated like Will Ferrell movie. And I, I'm probably like exaggerating that it's underrated, but I, I think it flies under the radar of like really good Will Ferrell movies because him and Mark Wahlberg are so good in that movie. Yeah, like the, the part where great. um the part where the they they blow up the mini the accounting firm or whatever. Oh it's I was like, gonna say the gangbang like, in the car. Or it's that like when that when the death bar exploded and nothing happened, that was total bullshit. <laughs> what about <laughs> the MRI? What about the car thing though? What is the story there? I forget about oh, that. Dirty Mike and the Boys. When it's yeah, like Dirty they, Mike like, and the Boys. Yeah, the yeah. They yeah, left the, the, they the, left the note. My, my yeah. favorite scene from that whole movie, like this is no competition at all, is uh, when he's at the ballet studio and he like, and Mark Wahlberg shows up and he's like, what are you doing in the strip club shaking it for dollar bills? And she's like, these poles are horizontal, to- Terry. <laughs> and then he just like busts out like some ballet, like some ballet moves. Like nobody. And then he's like, yeah, I just learned how to, 
learned how to do that to make fun of the fairy down the street when like all like when he's like obviously just like covering up for that he just he was that nerd guy growing up and learned ballet because his parents made it. and then all of a sudden will ferrell shows up and he's like he really loves you francine <laughs> and he does not approve of your behavior i think we all learned something today ballet a ballet of love <laughs> oh man that's nah, so good and also underrated character is um michael keaton as the as the chief he is like so good in that part because like as he like his, his day job's working at bed bath and beyond <laughs> and just like all the stuff and he keeps quoting dlc he has no clue that he's quoting dlc oh man and that, i don't know like oh fuck this i'm gonna go on a rant on this. <laughs> another really good part from that movie is when after at the funeral for like the, the two guys who jumped into the bushes like the rock and samuel jackson when they get into that fight but they're whispering the whole time <laughs> and michael keaton walks up he's like two of our best officers are dead <laughs> and you guys are fighting in here <laughs> it's so stupid because it is whispered oh That's, man that little stuff like that just makes or fuck when they go to like his <laughs> ex-girlfriend and it's fucking the weird ass it's christine you come into my house you get my wife's name right and he like walks over like arnold palmy alert that reminds me a lot of one of my our friends that we know really well that guy and he's like sitting there and he's wearing his turtleneck he's like you may think just by looking at me i'm a pretty hairy guy but from here down bear <laughs> I don't know who our friend would be right now. I don't know who this is. I'll let you sit on that for a while. It's, 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 uh, you, when you, when you, when it comes to you, yeah, we'll take this offline. That's one of the business terms that's being used. They've been thrown around pretty loosely right now, but anyways, it's It's funny. It's funny how much, how much of those movies are all Will Ferrell movies. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that that was my point is that that I had the first two that came to mind were Talladega Nights and Mm -hmm. Step Brothers. And then, uh, do you think that's a generational well, thing though? Like we we are like the Will Ferrell generation. Well, because the other one was old school with "We're Going Streaking," like that's a and that was like his first like big movie, and that would be like the kind of like our first introduction into like that type of comedy slash movie. Stuff. Although well, one Vince, of the first Vince, ones, Vince Vaughn's like one of my favorite actors as well. But I don't, I don't remember any of the remember many. Re, I don't remember many of his lines though. And then you go to like, no, it wouldn't be quotable. Just like he's really funny in his roles though. Like really like. Yeah, like he's the, does like the same role across a lot of movies, but he's really good at it. Because I was gonna say like Wedding Crashers too, but I don't remember many lines from that show. And then the only ones you, the, the lines you remember are the ones from Will Ferrell, like Ma the Meatloaf and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Again, you know, yeah. like he's and the then guy. He's the guy who does the heavy lifting there. And then there, again, there's uh oh shit, I'm forgetting what I was which way I want to go down there now. But anyways, the uh, uh yeah, I don't know where I was trying to go, but a lot of Will Ferrell stuff. That was mm-hmm. my point. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. So good question, Wace. Good question. That's so fine. I guess That's mine fine. would have to be probably I I don't know what I don't know if it's a movie or if it's a character, and it had to be Will Ferrell just because mm-hmm. there's so many. Because mm-hmm. the Tal Talladega Knights, if you're not first, you're last, shake and bake, uh the slingshot move. What else is there? Oh, I thought those really thin so pancakes. Many funny... I love those things. <laughs> what do you say? I thought those really thin pancakes. I love those things. Oh yeah, when he's talking to Sasha. Just Cohen. say you love really thin pancakes. <laughs> You sound like a dog with with peanut butter on. Oh top man, it's so good. That's and then movie. there's what else is there? Uh, oh, even the little kids are funny. Or like when he's doing the prayer for, as like, dear Lord, baby Jesus. Dear Lord, baby Jesus. <laughs> Five pounds, eight ounces, and he's a little tuxedo T-shirt. Or I love oh, the my, part. If my kids were gonna be pussies. I knew, I knew Dr. Quinn and Medicine Woman, not Walker and Texas Ranger. <laughs> or when the the part when he's like convinced that he's paralyzed, he's playing wheelchair basketball. He's just fucking <laughs> yeah. kicking guys. That's so what funny, is, man. yeah. 
Oh, oh God. I love I'm on shit. fire. Help yeah. me, Tom Cruise. I hope you both have sons. Beautiful, articulate, athletic sons. <laughs> <laughs> and then he stabs himself. Don't you with put the that fucking... he love me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stabs himself with the so with good. the fucking knife into his. Into his yeah, because he thinks he's paralyzed. Thigh. He's convinced. Ah. Oh, man. That's uh, such good, so such yeah. good stuff. What else? It's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. That movie's um, so good. Hey, Derek, you know what helps with shoulder pain? <laughs> you lick my butthole. That's like one of the best like quotes ever, man. It's so good. Oh, fuck. And then you could go you could go to TV if you want to get into some more lines and you could say The Office because you oh, quote office. The Office. Yeah, everybody, like, people quote The Office right? like constantly. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a great show. I, I like that show and like, and How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if you've ever got into that one. Not much. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good show, and there's also like quotable stuff from that. And just oh, I, for me though, I like really associate with characters. Like I really like to like characters and like when it comes to TV and movies that I really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like I like attached to like someone I like same with so like for Game of Thrones, of instance, like Jon Snow is like my guy. Mm-hmm. So I like I like seeing what happens with him and what he does. I don't really care about the rest of the shit. Oh, and I get really emotional when stuff comes to an end. It sucks. Like when, when the office was over, when how I met your mother was over, like when I watched the last Avengers movie and even like the last like game of Thrones, just like, it sucks. Cause it's like, it's over. And I was like, well, the Avengers what? is not over. Isn't it like Endgame? Yeah. The Avengers, like the OG it's Avengers is for, done, but it's over for like, for captain America, yeah. um, black widow, uh, like, like all those people, all those right? people, like it's over. Iron like yeah. Iron Man's dead. Robert Downey Jr. He's done. He's dead. Um, like Thor is still around. And like so, the Hulk, I think is still going to be around as well. So and like, and the Guardians of, of the Galaxy. But like the OG, like Avengers from the beginning, like that whole story is over. Like it's done, which is super Part sad. Just because one. it's it's crazy. Because like I remember just watching those as a kid and like growing up with it. And, End of an era. And it's over. And same with Game of Thrones. I was super sad when that was over because I was super invested in that show. And same with The Office and How I Met Your Mother. The ending. A lot of people like give a lot of flack to the ending of How I Met Your Mother, but I enjoyed it and it was like gut wrenching. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm would recommend that. man if you get a chance to check it how about your mother yeah it's a good show yeah i just haven't been that into shows lately though honestly man it's been the middle of a pandemic and we had all the time in the world and i still haven't mm-hmm. still haven't watched so many shows it's pretty bad or even like but even star wars in, in a sense too right like i watched that it was good but I even like that. and like the last star wars movie like the one like the most recent one like that's sad because i think that true like the skywalker era of star wars is over it's done i forget what happened don't remember it's fine. You have to watch it again sometime. But anyways, like for, for anybody who's like invested in that kind of stuff and like growing up with it and like watching it, like it's so it's crazy. To that, it's, I say it's just a show, Wazy. It's all entertainment. Yeah, it's whatever. You can still, but it's like, that's the, <laughs> that's the point of it. That's the same as like reading a good book though too, right? Like yeah, you yeah, attach to the actually, character, you attach to the characters and, and like get to like somebody. And then when it gets to the point when it's over, like it's sad, you know, like. Yeah, I'll get, I'll give you that because I well, I read the latest book from our uh, last show's guest, CJ Box, and he his latest book, Dark Sky, came out on Tuesday this week, mm-hmm. and I read it, uh, you know, within about twelve hours or something. I think I not a big deal. read a bit of it the night before I went to bed, and then the next morning I had it done by mid afternoon, kind of thing, just mm-hmm. slam through it. And I, I I enjoy reading those books, and and then they're over, and I'm sad that way. But you know, if any of the characters were to go missing in those books, I would be you know, it'd be tough to handle. So I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I take sure, it back. It's take different. It back it's different. Point. It's different. It's a different like mediums of, of, of like consuming it, but it's like yeah. similar in the sense of where like, if you buy into something, it's yeah. sad when it's sad when it's over, you know? Fair. 
Yeah. I'll give you that. It may just be a TV show or a movie, but to some people that means a lot to them. You it know? means something to me. Okay, it does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Uh, don't give me. Don't give me shit. That's fair. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I got to. I got to rescind my comments. Take it back. But uh, uh, our our guest today, Cord McCoy, coming up uh, after the break here. Thanks for listening. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. I'm Teddy Wacy. Thanks for thanks for tuning in and listening to the show this week. Thanks for the downloads. Appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll catch up after this. Six-time PBR World Finals qualifier and former three-event cowboy who also qualified for the Wrangler NFR in 2005. Three times he would tour the globe on the amazing race with his brother, Jet, finishing second on the 16th season. He's a proud father and stock contractor, sporting some of the top bulls in the PBR. Coming to us from Lane, Oklahoma, it's Cord McCoy. Heck yeah, man. What, what, what an honor, huh? Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for the time, Cord. We uh, we talked a week or two ago probably about this and, and got it lined up pretty fast, so I appreciate you taking the time to visit with us. This has been a oh, long time sure. coming. Uh, yeah, I, I used to tell people that I, uh, I used to work eight seconds a day, and I don't even work that long anymore. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, got, I, got, I got free time. That was always a joke, but people would always, oh, you know, you have time to sign an autograph? And, like That was always our, our one-liner joke. Was like, seriously, I work eight seconds. I've got some free time to do some uh, <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. What uh, what are you working on right now, then, Cord? Tell us about uh, the stock uh, contract business you know meeting you're at today. Yeah, yeah. So, so today uh, I went and met with a, a committee down the road. Um, so we're, I guess, the big news. We've never even announced it, but we are buying a PRCA uh, rodeo card. So we're going to start uh, producing PRCA rodeos. Uh, McCoy Rodeo would be the company that uh, we're starting. Uh, so it's pretty, pretty, pretty neat stuff. You know, to kind of get into the the buck and horse business as well and you know we do have a lot of bulls stacked around here that, that need more jobs um so and, and but we've kind of got into producing a lot of rodeos and stuff as well um probably the biggest one that we did uh, an event we did called western day uh, it was a facility we had actually four arenas going at the same time we had uh ropens junior rodeos um pro rodeos uh, trail rides, everything going on on this whole Western day. It was an, an event that was a whole week long. Um, so we've, we've produced several events, but uh, now we're kind of getting into the producing PRCA rodeos uh, across, you know, Oklahoma, North Texas, and hopefully, uh, you know, grow from there. What's the PRCA probably getting your card like on the stock contractor side? Is that, is that quite a process getting your card or is it pretty easy to, make happen it's, i know up here it's, it's a big job it's, it's definitely not easy um you know I, it seemed like for the last two years we have uh we have shopped around on that card yeah we, we so we have shopped around on that card uh, to try to buy somebody try to buy somebody's card that is, is trying to get out of the business mm-hmm. uh and, and as much as you would think that there would be uh, an, an opportunity or turnover now we just we just couldn't find one that uh, worked for us so we almost had to go into a different avenue to buy a new PRCA card, which kind of puts you under the uh, 
under the microscope of, you know, you, 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 it costs a lot of money. And not only that, you have to produce so many rodeos of the first three years. That's to be new PRCA rodeos, uh, which, you know, hadn't had one uh, for a long time. And uh, you have to have, you know, 50 head of bucking horses, 25 head of bucking bulls, and do, do a lot of things. Uh, and like I said, kind of be under the microscope of the PRCA looking at, at what you're doing. I mean, they even send people to your ranch to, uh, you know, to, to view your stock to make sure that you're wow. a, a PRCA contractor. Oh, wow. So given the, the COVID landscape, how hard has it been to like produce these new rodeos or find new places to have rodeos? Has that been a challenge or? You know, in, in, in Oklahoma, I think it's opened up a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, because the, you know, the PRCA, I don't know, 500 and something rodeos before to uh, it, it's looking pretty easy to, to, to get more contestants. I mean, there's not as much competition. I know that's probably not the, the best way to, to look at it, but I think there is, some some opportunity knocking for there's there's a lot of cowboys uh you know picking man rodeo clowns there's a lot of people looking for jobs uh and to be able to to fill that void uh to be able to come in and produce some rodeos i think there's i think there's some opportunity uh in it as well um you know and i, I think where you, know, you might have had to add 20 30 000 to, to events before uh that you can you can you know, get a lot better guys at a, uh, hate to say bargain rate, but at smaller rodeos that couldn't get, uh, the, the top guys before, I think you've got some opportunity here this year, maybe next year, and maybe, maybe not long term, but, uh, you know, for now, I think you can get a lot more guys. Cause there's not there's many options to go to right now. I don't even know if, if Canada's even producing rodeos right now. Nothing, nothing happening up here. So then have you, did you have to start a, like a, a born to buck program for lack of a better term with your horses or did you acquire a bunch of bucking horses that way or how'd that go? Yeah, we, uh, we kind of reached out and just, uh, partnered with a, a bucking horse guy. So, uh, I mean, I, I, as much as I would like to, you know, start from scratch and, and work my way up, uh, we, we know it's, it's taken us 25 years to get to where we're at in our bucking bull business. Uh, I would think the horses would be the same concept. And I think mm -hmm. we can uh, sure, you know, skip a lot of the, you know, the, the, the decades of what doesn't <laughs> yeah. work and go ahead and get in with somebody that, that, that does. So, uh, you know, we stepped into to, to that way. So we, we're supplying the bulls, getting somebody that knows way more about the horses, doing the horse deal. And I feel like we've got a lot of experience with the production side of it. Uh, you know, and I don't know, I don't know I'm just, 40 years old, but I, I know to kind of get people that know what's going on is uh, sure solves a lot of problems. Um, so then what's the, what's the, like, what's the feeling like having the prospect of getting your bulls back to the, like, getting the NFR? Like, you know, you've been to the PBR finals a few times now with your bulls. What's a good, what's the, are you excited to have the chance to bring your stock to the NFR now? Well, I, I think that is of course a, a goal, but I think the, uh, the, the top tier bulls that we have, today it seemed like they get plenty of tv time i mean i don't know that that sounds right um you know i think i think the nfr is definitely a, a goal for all of the stock in you know to even uh, you know take these committees you know and, and getting them encouraged to go to the nfr to, to see what what we're all working towards as well i mean i still think it's the best 10 days in rodeo i mean i don't think it is the best 10 days in rodeo um so I, I think it's uh, it's, it's kind of the, the the carrot at the end of the, the race, you could say. But um, you know, I think 
you know, whether you're in a, a little town in Oklahoma or in, in Las Vegas, uh, people can see good competition, uh, good horses, but good bulls, but, um, you know, and I, I think we have to wait three years buying a new card. You, you can't mm-hmm. take a uh, bucket stock to the final for the first three okay. years if you buy a new card. So the, the the same generation or same group of bulls that we have today will be a whole new set by the time we're going to the NFR, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's some goals. You, know, you always want to have, um, you know, Buck and Bull of the Year or showcase your bulls at uh, the, the Thomas and Mac or the, at Arlington if that's where it, it goes again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's an honor that they would they would pick your stock and then you could you could showcase them against the best guys in the country. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a goal, but um, you know, I think to, to go produce great rodeos wherever it may be, I think is where McCoy Rodeo wants to go. Do you think that given like your success as a competitor has given you a bit of a leg up as a producer and stock contractor? Yeah, I, I think everything that uh, I've, I've done my whole career in a sense is maybe what I am today. Um, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, riding at, at junior rodeos or PRCA rodeos, college rodeos, PBR, uh, you know, uh, college education, or even working in, in TV and entertainment. I think all of it kind of kind of helps us make the, the complete package a little bit better. Um, but it, again, I feel like I've been introduced or, or know people that are really good at what they do, whether it be uh, TV, entertainment, uh, radio, media, uh, you know, but, and then on the other hand, to know what a, a good bucking horse and a good bucking bull look like, uh, in, in producing a good show. I think, I think all of those aspects that, uh, we, we've, we've lived through for 40 years is kind of what's, what's made us what we are today. Um, and I, I think there's it's so much more media driven, uh, stuff going on today. Even the little bitty towns that we're looking at doing PRCA rodeos in, when you add TV and you, you add the World Wide Web and uh, what you can give, uh, you know, even corporate sponsors today. It, it's it's a whole new world out there. Even if there's only um, if, if there's only two thousand people in the stand, uh, the people that you can share our way of life with uh, is huge. The exposure that you can get, you know, you guys are proving that right now. How many how many people can reach? I mean, if this thing goes uh, online for the next six months, uh, you know. There's no way how many millions of people are going to watch what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, something like the Cowboy Channel is like such a big like door opener for like the smaller scale like contractors and rodeos like giving access. I know like my dad has the Cowboy Channel on constantly at home watching all these different rodeos. So that must be a huge advantage for the smaller companies as well. Oh yeah, I think I think just like um, you know the, the the PBRs, I feel like help push at least that top tier of, of bull value. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, people always talk about the, 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 the buck bulls and the semen sales and like, you can always tell what's going to be, uh, popular at your next production sale because, you know, whatever, uh, Justin McBride and Craig Hummer and, uh, Ty Murray say about the stock is what's going to bring the most, the, the next sale. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, definitely a, a media driven. And I think it's going to affect the same with, uh, with Rojo. I think the value of those horses and bulls. And the just the rodeo ticket, I think the value is going to go up for what uh, you know the, the Cowboy Channel and the like do, and, and how much that we can share, um, you know, to the rest of the world. I mean, uh, rodeo. I've, I've done it my whole life for bull riding. Um, you know, Paris Air Rodeo. I got 
you know, a full ride scholarship ride on the rodeo team. It's just been my, my whole life, but I'm still a huge rodeo fan. And the more that we can educate and share it with the rest of the world, I think uh, it, it, it's a very addictive sport. Uh, the next thing you know, you, you know all the, the, you know, the bucking horses' names and their, their offspring and, you know, and, and the, the story behind it. And it's, it's such an, an addictive uh, sport and way of life. And I think the more we can share it with uh, the rest of the world, I, I think we've got a lot of room to grow, uh, even, you know, globally. I mean, we, we sell – uh, some of the bucking bulls that they see on TV, we're selling embryos out of, you know, their mothers and these crosses uh, from Canada, Mexico, Australia, uh, sold some semen to Costa Rica the other day. Oh, uh, wow. You know, <laughs> bulls. talk to people online from Europe all the time. I've got a, a bull partner from, uh, from London. I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy what, uh, what we take for granted of like, I live Southeast Oklahoma and there's rodeos going on every week. But we we still take for granted what we get to do, and I mean, there's there's people living uh, vicariously through our way of life still. So what you're saying is McCoy Rodeo is going to head overseas to Europe and and tap that. Yeah, it definitely will not be uh, the, the amazing race overseas anymore. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I think um, you know we would look into doing a. Um, uh, oh, was it Buffalo Bill Hickok, I guess, that did, did the entertainment shows and where he took yep. uh, those shows around the world. I mean, we just kind of peeked into it, but we we're talking about doing a, um, you know, a show on RFDT about that. And, and I mean, the, the stuff that that guy uh, did, we actually went through the museum in Cody, Wyoming. And I would suggest if you're ever there, uh, yeah, yeah, go to the rodeo, but go to this museum to see, uh, you know, I guess how make it rodeo, how small rodeo feels, and how little exposure that we're giving, uh, you know, where cowboys and Indians and the, the way of life came from. I mean, the Wild West shows that that uh, he was producing, you know, way before us were amazing. I mean, the things that uh, they they did. So, you know, I think I think rodeo going around the world again is, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure people have tried it for several times but uh you know now with with media i think we can give them a better idea of what they're going to see and what they're going to do at the event um you know not just not just surprise them with things they've never seen before uh, well and, and there is interest over there like i i, I was at gary the fuse yeah. a few years ago and there was a guy from belgium and a guy from like norway there and switzerland right like learning, wanting to learn how to ride bulls and they had like small time rodeos over there so i think there definitely mm -hmm. is like opportunity over there to bring like a really good product to the people and they could really buy into it there's a lot of like allure right. and like romanticized around like the, the, the cowboy lifestyle in europe i feel like oh yeah no i i think it is still uh for us, it's not very uh, romantic. Yeah. For yeah. me, I'm like, I really don't think the bull cares if, if I, I'm wearing a, a, a nice coat or I come out there in my pajamas. As long as I've got a bucket of feed and a, a bale of hay, he's happy to see me. It don't matter <laughs> yeah, what yeah. yeah, exactly. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> do you, while we're on the rodeo topic here, do you want to talk about your partner on the on the bucking horse side of things at all? Cord, do you want to talk oh, about that or not yet? I don't. I don't know if you want to announce that. Well, part I, of it I guess we, we really haven't uh, announced it all yet. But uh, yeah, I think we've seen a bunch of videos of fucking and who he's, uh, you know, even supplied other ones for. Uh, so we're 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 both kind of turning pro stock contractors uh, at the same time. So um, yeah, 
Stay yeah. tuned. It's Joe, Joe, Joe Juan is the, is the, the horse guy. Okay. Uh, you probably know his, uh, his brother Cooper is a bullfighter. Okay. Uh, yeah. PBR bullfighter. Yeah. So we oh, got, yeah. uh, we kind of got hooked up. Um, Nate Morrison, he's another, uh, he does online sales. We've done sales with him quite a bit. And that's how we kind of got hooked up. And then we, we started kind of shopping together. Uh, and then we, we, we just kind of, kind of fell in and keep been running ever since. So now we're, uh, we're getting on producing our rodeos now. Oh, awesome. Well, the, I got to ask a little bit about, about the pol- political side of that, because up here, there've been a few different fights on the Canadian side of people suing the associations and all that over cards. It's quite the, it's kind of a bit of a monopoly that the contractors have and no offense to anybody that's involved. And I don't want to be too much trouble, but, but it's, it's kind of a tough business to get into because the folks that are in it don't want to let anybody else in at points and they're not making it very easy for you to get a card. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, a, it's a, it's a good thing that we kind of have a, a little bit of a, um, uh, another income, I guess you could say for the first three years, because they, the, 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 the PRCA, not that it's a good thing or bad thing, but it is uh, difficult to get in or to buy, uh, you know, an existing card, um, you know, and, and then the rules that you have to produce and what you have to do. Um, I mean, you pay somebody a lot of money just to, to fly to your house or drive to your house just to check your stock. I mean, so it's, 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 it's a big deal. Um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm not talking good about it or, or bad about it either one. Uh, it's kind of the first process that we've done. Um, but, you know, you, you can could, you could tell that there's a, a, a strict guideline. Uh, if you want to join this group there's a lot of things that you have to do uh, you know, monetarily physically and uh you know and, and performance based type stuff um so there's a lot of guys you know like me i might have dreamed of it since i was 18 but now i'm 40 years old just now getting to to, to make the move well I, i'm not i have to go through the rule book but i think it's like a i don't even know i don't know what it's in canada but i think it's like a fifty thousand dollar card or something in the rule book and that's if you buy it from the association and you have to jump through all the hoops we're in the in the u.s yeah. i think it's like 250 i think it's a quarter million bucks for that card or something crazy it's a lot yeah. of money yeah i mean i think just the, just the card is one price but it, to, to buy a card you have to have uh minimum oh, 50 bucks horses yeah. and 25 bucking bulls so i mean i think the you know i don't know how long it took joe but it, you know it took us you know 25 years to group you know get this group of bulls that are uh, you know all good enough eligible you know etc so it's a you know it's a it's a business it's a chore i mean if a young guy just said hey man i just want to be a stock contractor you know <laughs> that's what you did for a while. Was, yeah, yeah, and it took, yeah took 22 years in the meantime i guess really didn't it yeah 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 i mean for us it's like it's like it's it's gonna be um you know it's been our life and it will continue to be our life and and to think that someday I could, you know, uh, my, my daughter Tulsa will have the association that she can, uh, you know, she can, she can carry it on or, or sell it or poop it off or whatever she decides to do with it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to take, uh, you know, a long time to build, uh, you know, but we're still excited to, to be in and be a part of it. Um, you know, and I, you see the, the guys at the NFR, you know, flanking these horses to be 90 points. I mean, I guess, uh, being a, a stock contractor and a producer like us, I mean, that's, to be standing in that spot someday is, is, is a goal. 
Do you, do you think some of those rules are a little bit antiquated though on the, on having all the, all the stock, you have to have the stock and you have to have bring the rodeos on or what, what are they, what is the association trying to prove by making you jump through all these different hoops? What, what is their goal with that? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if it's for a, a new guy just to prove that you are bringing something to the association, uh, you know, cause you have to bring six new PRCA rodeos in. Like there is a reason reason that we're letting you uh, buy this membership and buy this card to get into to this group like you're bringing something to the table you're bringing something to the prca so i mean you, you kind of uh, understand a little bit of that but um you know you can't just really jump in the prca and then uh you know underbid the guys that have already been there i mean you can't really uh, go for stuff that's uh that they're already having rodeos there that's it also be you have to bring new stuff to the table um so you kind of, kind of understand it a, a, a little bit, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm sure when I'm on the other side after three years, I'm like, yeah, I don't let anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you, you uh, like going the other way with the, with the PBR, you can buy a contractor card in the PBR. If you have a bull, you can bring them if they're good enough. It's kind of a completely different oh, system, it, right? A, yeah. If, if you got, if you got a, a 24, 24 point bull with a, a video of a bucking at the house in your backyard, you can go to the PBR. There's, there's no... <laughs> Yeah, there's no, there's no rule. You might just get to take one bull, but yeah, if you got a, you got a bull that good, uh, he can, he can go wherever he, he wants to. But that, but that doesn't that promote competition and, and that promotes the people to bring, to put more into it and bring better stock. That's out of it too, right? On the, like with, if anybody can go, they can, you have a lot more opportunity for investment. You have all the partners, you have partners in all, all around the world. Where on the rodeo side of things, you can do that to a point, but I guess it's a different, it's a different, totally different game. Well, they got to produce the rodeo yeah, too, though. Like they're not producing the PBR events, bringing your bull. You're just bringing your bull. Essentially, but some of those rodeos, because the contractors don't produce all the biggest rodeos. Like you'll get hired to go to Cheyenne and you're not going to go produce Cheyenne. There'll be a, you know, it's, it's a bit of a different story ways. So that's what I'm trying to get at, I guess. Yeah, a lot. Of, I think a lot of the rodeos, I mean, I, I say that and I'm just, you know, working on doing my first one, um, you know, our, our, our committee based and then they just pay the, uh, the contractor X amount of dollars to come do it. Like you said, where they have a whole committee for Cheyenne uh, and I'm sure they have a stock manager that, yeah. you know, here, there are a lot of this much money. You, you, you pay all the guys to, to buck your stock. Um, you know, the, the, the other end of, uh, of our deal when we're having to go find towns that have arenas that don't even have committees, like we're having to, uh, you know, drum up who owns it, who we lease it from, and you know, selling sponsors to it as well. Like we're doing all of the work. Yeah. Um, you know, but but the, the other end, the, the 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 TV, the PBR really pushes out there. We have, you know, we have people buying into, you know, six month old bucking bull kids for the dream to see their bull on TV in five years. I mean, that that's uh, you know, a lot of the, the turnaround of base of our, um, I guess, our business you could say, but, um, you know, the, the, the PBR or the PRCA is getting a lot more exposure with the, the, the Cowboy channel. And then again, the, the NFR things like that. I think there's, there's something to, to put out there to sell them in that sense as well. It might not be at our little bitty local rodeo that we're talking about, unless we bring it to them. Like we, we mentioned about going a, a worldwide web or, you know, doing some naming on bulls or something like that, uh, that they can kind of get something out of riding along with that got to talk about uh the the bully your dads i i i uh it goes back to everything goes back to bell's blue right 
that's that's where some of the contracting yeah. business came from, right? Because your dad's in the bull business too, and that let's let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think uh, so. When I was six years old, my dad gave me my first cow. Uh, like in 1986 was my, my first cow. And I feel like I've, I've raised bucking bulls ever since then. Um, when I was in high school, like my FFA program was the bucking bull business. Um, you know, I would keep track of all the cows and the calves and we sell. We used to actually sell our bull calves straight off the cows to Dylan and HD page or a couple oh, of wow. them. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, that kind of been our practice bulls slash income, um, you know, several times. My older brother, Justin, he was a, a stock contractor and worked for another guy named Larry Kephart that raised, uh, well, he bought a bunch of Charlie Plumbers stock, which a lot of the little spotted bulls here in Southern Oklahoma, they call them plumbers. Um, so we, we got to lease a bunch of those original plumber bulls to breed our cows. And it's a lot of our uh, foundation basis is, is into that. Um, little did I know, uh, after college, you know, we would start kind of training the bulls a little bit more. Um, and then the, the day that I retired riding bulls, uh, was because the bulls were winning enough to kind of make a living and I couldn't ride a stick horse. So it was, like, it was a pretty easy switch the day of, I think, uh, I was at JW Hart's bull riding and I fell off a little spinner. I was dragging my bag back to the, the, the truck. The guy chased me down and said, Hey, you want this check? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, your bull won $4,500. And I'm like, why in the world am I getting on these things? You know, it was, it was that easy. It was, I had a good set of classic bulls and a good set of paternity bulls in that one particular year. Uh, it, it made a really easy, sweet retirement. Huh. Well, so uh, talk about some of the success you've had in the, on the bull, bull side of things now since, since retiring on the bull ride. And I want to we'll go back to the bull riding side in a bit, but talk about the yeah. current, current situation in the bulls. Well, uh, it, 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 it's been good. It's been a, a pretty, pretty good run. Um, I guess riding solo is probably the most popular bull that we've got going right now. Uh, he was actually a, a two-year-old world champion, uh, a four-year-old uh, reserve world champion. At Fort Worth in January, he just crossed 300000 in, in lifetime earnings. Wow. Uh, we're bucking his first set of calves. Wait, I got three two-year-olds out of riding solo that we're bucking. And then uh, I've got all three of them entered in Abilene, Texas next weekend. And I think he's just an amazing producer. I think he's really – going to start hitting the scene now is, is, is what he can do, uh, you know, with the cows. Uh, he goes to Fort Worth. He's in the short round again this weekend in Fort Worth. And, uh, man, he just, he never ceases to do amazing. He, he, he loves what he does. Um, my, actually, my father-in-law was partners on this bull. And uh, this last, last sale, he decided that he was going to sell his half in the bull. And he sold his half in riding solo for $125,500. Wow. So, yeah, at that time, we almost wanted to make an announcement, like, oh, I think I'm going to sell my half, too. But we're sticking in for the long haul. Now, I, we think he's going to be a, an amazing producer. And, and, and just like, uh, you know, Bell's Blue, my dad owned, I feel like, affected his ranch for, you know, 10 wow. years or, or longer. And then that, more. Uh, Riding Soul is also is, is going to be one of those highlights of the ranch for, for a long time. You know, even if it just, even if we did a little bit of semen sales and, and, uh, his offspring are, are a big success. I think he could affect our ranch for a long time. Did well, you ever imagine when you were younger, like when you first started the bucket bull thing that this amount, these amount of m- amounts of money would be exchanged for like portions of ownership in a bull. Like that's, that's pretty remarkable. Like even from when I was yeah. a kid, like you'd never even think of that. 
Yeah, uh, it, 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 it's crazy. And, and to think um, the other end of it, of uh, man, after I quit riding bulls, of like, you know, the, the check that you get or you could win in, in Las Vegas, of like, I'll never have this again. And like two years later, I win more in one year with the bucket bull <laughs> than I did my whole career in Vegas, uh, you know, trying to, to You just question your whole career at that point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 it's huge. And I think, um, it, I think it's mostly fun for a lot of people that maybe like to gamble a little bit for guys like me. It's just our profession. You know, we, we do it every day. We train them the best we can and showcase where we are. There's others that, you know, I, I'm emailing a guy back and forth about a bull that's going to Fort Worth, and uh, this is the first time his bull's going to uh, be on TV. And, like, he's so nervous because he's got hay kick <laughs> check drawn this weekend. I'm like, well, you, know, you really don't have to get on the bull. But, you know, he's, he's scared and nervous because <laughs> this calf that he's worked all the way up, uh, you know, finally gets his TV time uh, this weekend. So it, it's exciting for the customers and the partners and owners. And, and then to be able to have bulls like riding solo that, you know, wins 300,000 and, you know, it, it, it makes everybody makes some investors money and makes a lot of people money. What's the training process like in a bull, like riding solo? Like a lot of people don't know how much time and effort goes into like making these bulls, like the top athletes that they are. Yeah. So, uh, riding solo, just, um, I don't know if a lot of people do uh, roping horses, but like, he's a little bit, um, hot in the box, you could say. And, and I mean, that was, <laughs> So, so he, we, we bought him. He was just a long year when, when we got him. And that was his, that was his trigger. That was his problem. So like his whole two year old year, we never bucked him at the ranch, but we would actually put him in the chute and get everything ready. Like he was like, somebody's fixing to nod their head, like the gate was going to open. And then we'd let him sit there for a second. And then we'd take everything off of him and just let him walk out. I mean, just let him know that it was okay. You know, this, this was a nice place. This, this was a happy spot. You know, it was in, in um, you know, and I mean, that was a work. I think the, the one time we bucked him at the ranch was a warm up for the world finals when he, uh, won the world there, but still there, we had like four people ready and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on to keep that bull, uh, calm and, and, and ready to get out of there. Um, I think a lot of the training is just giving the bulls the opportunity. I think we've got, uh, we've got four dummies, like different sizes, those little boxes that go on their back and the youngest bulls that we bucked are yearlings. Um, and it's kind of more the process of getting them to come in the buck shoot, stand there, put the dummy on them, you know, letting them get a start, uh, feel their feet and click the button or the dummy will fall off. And then you kind of start advancing from there. You know, maybe, maybe you adjust your flank a little bit. Maybe you let them go a little bit further. If that bull jumps out there, four jumps and turns left, you know, I might click the dummy off of him to reward him for the turn. Well, the next time I buck him, you know, he's two in turns. I click it off of him. It's kind of like rewarding a dog for whatever fetching a stick i mean they're like oh that that fast turn that I did worked really good so they uh they, i think they figure out the game really quick of you know what they need to do to win and then they get they start getting better at it they start jumping higher they start, start spinning faster and then the i think that's when the, the bulls start falling in love with it and then they start just doing it for fun um i was videoing solo and i read it today and i put it out in like the, the the bucking arena and I have nothing on him. He's out there jumping and you know spinning like it's it's, it's what he does for fun. Uh, so it's it's pretty easy to uh, you know put him in that situation with a, a rider on him and he's like that's that's what he does for fun too. Yeah. So you're so you're saying what I'm what I'm hearing you say is is there some 
there's some training so you could take but you can't really take a dud and train them to really be good though can you or or is there a way to take those ones and really turn them into yeah. real good ones I, I, that's I, a good I, question i think they, i think they gotta want to do it i think people get so confused on that there's something you do to make them buck and there there is nothing you can do to make them buck if they don't want to buck they're just they're just beef uh you know <laughs> so uh i guess if they knew the alternative they'd probably buck uh way better but what you do is kind of just <laughs> your 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 sorting gate is deciding what bulls want to do it, the the bulls that like to do it, and the bulls that are athletic enough and have the uh, the intensity to do it. Now, a lot of the bulls with the breeding programs these days is they have all this energy and all this want to, and it's so crazy. You know, I I look at it more like a, a boxer. You know, when you got a street fighter, he's just wailing, just anything he can do to to kick your butt and to win. But once he figures it out, he becomes a trained boxer. You know, he's towed up and he knows how to how to hit those push punches, you know, to do a, a one, two, three count. And I think that's what a trained bucking bull is. He's not nervous. He's getting in the shoot. He's standing there. He's saving the energy and he's doing what it takes to win that battle, whether that be a, a wrestler or a boxer or something like that. Uh, cra- crazy is not a challenge for the best guys in the world as bull riders. When it comes to the partnership side of, of the, of the business, are you, are people approaching you or are you like seeking people out to join up with you or like, where does that, what's that look like? And how do they, how no. do they get in touch? Where do they find you? Like if somebody's listening and they want to have a, they want to yeah. have a bull, how do that was, yeah, that was what it was. Usually, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's usually word of mouth, you know, like, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm part of this quarter of the bull. Like I would suggest it, but you'd be amazed like how many partners that we have, that are just returned like they they own a three-year-old and they bought a the next year they bought another one and they bought uh, a two-year-old and now this april april 10th is our next production sale so they'll show up and they'll buy half interest in a yearling bull so what we do um at the range we'll start with about 80 calves and we'll we'll go through them and kind of get it narrowed down to what's good enough to be in the sale and then that top one percent we just sell half interest in i say one percent it's it's usually between five and 10 bulls, depending on how many really good bulls are in there. And we'll, we'll sell half interest in the bulls that we want to keep, that we want to invest in, that we want half their winnings for the next, you know, three, four or five years. The, the, the next uh, riding solo or Mr. Majestic, like we want them to stay here. We want McCoy Ranch to, to, to be on their name and their offspring, their winnings, et cetera. So we just sell half interest in our best ones. And I think, uh, definitely keep people coming back for more. Uh, I have seen other contractors, I think where they mess up is they'll have, you know, they'll have four bulls and they'll sell half interest in their worst two and keep a hundred percent of the best one. And, and we don't do that. We kind of just offer them all. And then, and when you see our stock contract list at the PBR, like every bull has Ford McCoy and either one or three other names on there, <laughs> of people that have, they bought in. And there was a, uh, there was one, that they got so many names on there. I finally told them that they had to like just do letters or something like that or, or get a, a group name. <laughs> so uh, uh, Big Sky Bulls and Pioneer Bulls and the HR, they're, they're like, it's a group of people. I think Big Sky Bulls is actually five women that own uh, that bull. So, Have you had any amazing order. race fans buy some equity in your bulls or interest, I guess? Uh, you know what? I, I'm <laughs> sure all of them had seen them in the race at one time. Yeah. If not, they went back and watched it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so we were. I was doing some some research here, and uh, so we can go. I guess we could go all the way back to 
to uh, the very start of it, but I one thing really jumped out at me, Oklahoma City 2005. Do I need to say anything else? 2005? Yeah, you were 90. You were ni- the Extreme Bulls. 95? 95. <laughs> 95 and 93 yeah. in the same night, and then you won third or fourth? What the heck? Uh, well, I think it was a three a three head match, and I think uh, actually my third bull I got a rewrite on, my fourth bull bucked me off, and Matt Austin beat me that that night. So, huh. but still, like I think the, the ninety five was my highest mark ride ever. So, and so what was that like? That had to be one of the craziest nights of bull riding. Like I went back and looked at the at the event, and there were like three. There were three bulls. They marked forty eight points. Were they were they really loading some stuff up and? And doing that, or wow. what, like, like what was going on? Yeah, what, three what, bulls. Yeah, yeah, what were what, what were those uh, those bulls? I guess Blackberry Wine War Dance, which we know is a yeah. really rank one. Scaredy yeah. Scaredy Cat was forty seven. Lucky Strike forty seven. Looked like a heck yeah. of a night of bull riding. But but why did they? Yeah. Was it a two day event with two, for? Yeah, Lucky 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 Strike might have been able to get there. I think it was when the Extreme Bulls uh, started up there. I don't know what year it originally started up. I know that was one of the first years that I went to an extreme bulls event. So, okay, I thought it was crazy. I, I don't know if I'd seen anybody before to, to be 188 on two two bulls before. Yeah, pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one. That's one of those like my fourth bull. You could just stay on, even if you got a drag underneath. Day money drag. Thanks for bringing that up, Dad. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you at least won a little bit out of there, Cord. Jeez. No, surely. I'm sure. I think it was the uh, Western Hauler might have bucked me off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was the, the fourth, fourth, my Red Bull. And then there was like, a little cute, cute plumber. And then uh, like, cause super cool was there too. But yeah, Western Hauler it says was in the final round. But you you got on three bulls that night. They were they marked forty six and a half, forty six and forty five and a half. It seems like a lot of some pretty crazy high yeah. goal power there. <laughs> Even Matt Austin yeah. was two seventy on three. He averaged ninety points that. A ride that night it was i don't know it, it stood yeah. out i had to ask you about it then it was uh 2005 matt austin won the world and, and I, as far as like rodeo and up and down the trail uh 365 days and that guy had the hottest year uh Ever. i mean i've never rode against saints kimsey um i've rode against mcbride and shivers and adrano and the, but matt austin uh that year rodeo and was was pretty amazing to, to just to watch him do what he does he was he was at least that year he was one of the best i've ever rode against he he made the finals three years which is it doesn't seem like long enough because he he rode so well like he he just dominated those couple of years he won like three hundred thousand in the season he won the world by like a hundred grand i think it was nuts yeah yeah that 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 year there it, it seemed i didn't i didn't ride against adrian on his early years when he rode 10 in a row but it was it was that spot on like they just could not throw him off and it's not like he would he would pick and choose you know left or right or you know not get on x amount of bulls like he just he just dominated them all talking about some really ranked bulls what about the world finals in 2011 you got on a couple pretty pretty rank ones that week too is that when they had the draft thing i think yeah, that you, <laughs> you you had the worst idea ever. you had so asked they, that, the worst idea Four, they oh, well, so like 48 here's, and a half. What happens. So we go into the world finals, they take uh, 40 guys, whatever. So they, they draft the first round, but they go in backwards order. I come in like, you know, 35th, uh, whatever, whatever that is. And then I think they had just changed it. So they paid four holes 
and they drafted every round and played four holes. And it was kind of like that. I got like 30th pick, and I just picked the rankest bull that I could find. I think I got on every kind of uh, hot stuff, Showtime. Like, I don't remember, like, a, a nice bull that I got on all week. I think I, on the good round, I rode a bull for, like, 87 points and finished, like, 21st in the round. I mean, oh, was, man. Yeah, it was, that, was, that was a rough year. You're like, where's the show-up check, man? That's all I'm going to Be sure to write my name on my jacket. What about uh, what about some highlights on the bull riding side of things? So what stands out for you now on the bull riding side of things now that you're in the contractor side? Uh, yeah, I think the first time I was 90 points, I was in Canada. I went to St. Pete, Quebec, Canada. Yeah, nice. I might have been 17, 18 years old. I don't remember uh, what, Chauze or something. I can't remember the guy. Chauze? Wayne Chauze? Yeah, was, Wayne Chauze. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne. And if I could find the video of this, like, uh, it, it was, it's still like one of the rankest rides I think ever. And not just because St. Pete, they're crazy and really good cheering and a lot of fireworks. Like it was, it was ranked because the bull started bucking in the chute. It was both ways kind of deal. Like it, it was still one of my, my best rides ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, there's a lot of, a lot of highlights. I mean, I still have highlights from junior rodeos. I'm like, man, that was, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, uh, St. Saint, Saint Tite then would have been, uh, it was an IPRA rodeo because you started your career yep. in the IPRA side of things. Yeah, well, you don't even have to be 18 to ride in the IPRA. So uh, I think when I was 15 or 16, I went to the, to the IFR, went to the Buckingstock sale, and I'm like, man, I'm going to ride in that Buckingstock sale next year. Well, the next year I made the IFR, and then they wouldn't let you ride in the Buckingstock sale if you made the IFR. So, <laughs> uh, I think I was the, the youngest uh, cowboy to make uh, to, to win the all-around at the IFR. And I was like 16 or 17 years old. Um, I won a bull riding world title, won a couple of bronc riding world titles, and uh, two all-around world titles in the IPRA. I think one year I won 100, 111,000 in the IPRA. Wow. And you were, were you even 18? Yeah, I was then. Because even like through uh, college, I did a lot of IPRA rodeos. I think I got out of college – fall of 04 and then i had i got hurt real bad and, uh so i mean i really didn't go full-time pro till after that till 05 05 was the year. that hundred thousand would have paid for your college <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the uh talk about the let's talk about the wreck in 04 and coming back from that i, I got, got a haircut you probably see my Ooh, star right. on there so I, I rode a, a Buck North. I was at the PRCA Rodeo in Oklahoma City. Uh, I made the short round. So I come back that Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and the horse kind of bucked across the arena. And this is what they tell me, anyway, that the horse reared up in the arena. And I, I lost the swell, and I come off the back of the horse. And when I was behind him, the horse kicked out, and the end of his hoof caught me in the head and just crushed my skull, just like smashing a Coke can. I was – bleeding out of both ears, mouth, and it was, it was, it was a bad deal. So they, uh, they rushed me to o, OU Medical Center there in Oklahoma City. They, they uh, pretty much cut my, they scalped me, cut my, cut my head open and pulled the skull off my brain. Uh, they drilled a nickel-sized hole above my ear, just relieved swelling on my brain. And I think they had me in an induced coma there about, uh, about eight, nine days. Wow. And then uh, even when they woke me up, I went to Pinnacle Rehabilitation Center. I was there for another couple of weeks. Did speech therapy, physical therapy for about another 
Uh, three or four months. Wow. Well, and what was yeah. it like the the road coming back to get to that top level of the PBR? Like you, like a lot of guys don't come back from an injury like that. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, I think there's a uh, there's a certain line. Of, uh, I don't know. D- depression, I guess, would be the the right. I mean, because especially when you have rode professionally and you, you feel like you're at this level and, 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 you know, the first time I go get on a horse, uh, you know, I can't really even stay on. I mean, like, not, not just that, like you get, get a lot of, uh, you know, poor me days that you're, you're laying there in bed and it's, I mean, uh, it, it's, it, it, it's not cool. And, and, and one day you finally just got to uh, get up and shake it off and say, this is, this is, this is not my story. I mean, this is not how uh, mine's finishing. And even when I, when I started back, it wasn't even so much uh, to, to win so much. I mean, I know it sounds bad, but it was just to do it again. Uh, little did I know I would still be able to get to some sort of, of talent, uh, you know, to be able to ride at the finals, um, you know, after that. I mean, I had to learn to walk and talk again. Um, but, Man, it was a it was a it was a it was a long road back. I mean, and, and to say that you ever got to a hundred percent, maybe not, but I do know that I'm 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 very thankful just to be able to do it again. Um, I think there was a lot of things that you know you we would have would have done easier or rode easier before before that. But hey, it, it was good to see your name on the list. You know, be doing it. And I just graduated college. I have and a girlfriend and a house. I didn't have man, I have nothing. I'm like, <laughs> it just, they're like, I'm not, I'm not going out like this. It's not like I, you know, had something to lose. Uh, you know, if I'm going to, I'm going to die, I want to go out doing something I love doing. And that, that's just what it, that's what it became. Um, so in 2005, I probably started back. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it would have been Guthrie. The, the PRCA rodeo there was Guthrie was my, my first one back late spring. And by the end of summer, uh, when everybody else is kind of getting broke and beat up and going home, is I was just kind of building a little bit of wind. And I had, you know, 50 rodeos left. And I remember those last weeks to make the national final rodeo, I'd enter every rodeo on the book. I, it didn't matter where it's at, when it was, I'd enter every one of them, uh, find out where my best bull was, and, and find a flight to go get on it. You know, spent every dime. I had to make the national final rodeo. I mean, it was, a, it was a dream that, you know, you didn't know it ever come true. When you saw just like a hope of light that, uh, you know, in, in August you're on the top 50, like Let's just go. go. And I had a lot of rodeos left to, to, to burn out. And, uh, you know, other than my cell phone bill and entry fees, I had a lot of other expenses going. <laughs> was it a big relief after getting on your first bull after that wreck like, or, or get, going to your first event? Like, was there some, t- like, oh. some, Anxiety and something up to that. that. <laughs> I scared that. Uh, my, buddy, my buddy Cody Whitney, he got a, he had a Longhorn Bull number ten. I don't even think he ever had a name, but like he would hop out there and he would turn. In about four or five seconds, you know, he would just stop so he can get off of it. And I was scared to death to get on that bull. I mean, like I, I was, you know, I was over there an hour before rosing my rope up, like, like you know, like the guys, uh, you know, scared scared to death. Um, you know, it, it 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 was almost something you had to come up with, like. You know, I, I don't, I don't care what happens. I mean, because you know, option B was was nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so either way, you don't, you don't worry about you know breaking your arm so much. You know, I'm, 
I've already been through this. And, uh, and, and the reason I started back is because, um, you know, it was either, either all of this or nothing. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a, it was tough. It was a tough time there. You, you, got, you know, you hear people, oh, my buddy, you know, he had a hand injury. He does something like this. And man, it just, it just, it just scares you. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a long, it's a long road back. It's, it's, that's some, that's some tough stuff. And some, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Going back to the fall of 05 from Albuquerque to Kansas City, looks like Kansas City was the last one before the NFR. Based on the stats, I'm just looking at Pro Bowl stats and that doesn't always have everything. But you only bucked off like three bulls in that whole last stretch. You had quite the run to get to the finals. Like you're saying, you went to everything, oh, man. but hardly, hardly bucked off. But then you go yeah. to the NFR and, uh, and get hurt in the third round and then only get yeah. to get on four of ten. So you go the whole time thinking you're gonna make it big in Vegas. <laughs> it, yeah, you know that had to be yeah. that had to be tough if you spent all your money to get there and oh, didn't have any yeah. money no, there. It, it was a it was a it was a lifetime goal to make the national finals rodeo. So I think you know just to to get on the flag horse and to to ride in behind the state of Oklahoma and stand up. I mean, like that was that was that was a lifetime goal. I get to, I got to ride in there. Um, you know what? And and. Uh, was a blue blueberry. What was that bull that hit me in the shoulder? What's the third round bull? Wildberry. Wildberry. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that, that that bull hit me, and I couldn't even lift my arm up, you know, at all. It was, there was it was uh, separated my shoulder. Um, I, I think that was kind of the, the time that I decided I put all of my year into these ten days. And I think that might have been what made me find just to decide to switch over to the PBR. If I'm just gonna ride bulls. You know, they've got 32 different weekends that you can, you know, you can work for uh, this much more money. That it's, it's not all in 10 days. I think that was the uh, original reason for moving over. And especially if I, if I wasn't going to go back to riding saddle-off horses or bareback horses, like, you know, might, might as well go to the, go over to PDR. And then, and then the transition you made, you made seven straight world finals at the, in the PBR. Yeah, I, some years I was surprised myself. There's nothing better for your bull riding is to, is to get cut, and then like they're like, "Hey, you're not as good as you think you are." So when you get like, go back, go back down there and, and, and work out a little better. And there, there were sometimes uh, later in my career that I, I really did not feel that uh, it was fair for the uh, younger, up and coming young riders because. I'd kind of already been to the top. Uh, I, I knew what it took. I had some sponsors behind me. I wasn't, you know, in, in, in bad money shape. And I would show up to the events and I would be entered three times and I just flew in, you know, and it's like this other guy's got, you know, his last $85 entered. You know, I entered, I entered three times over here two nights. And I was like, man, I'm just, that's, that's, that's tough. I can't even believe they're letting me do this. You know, so I would have <laughs> that many more opportunities to get back on tour than, than the, the young guy, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you had to do it. I mean, they, they, they like to try it. So you had to do it. Other people maybe don't want to get on three bulls. I will say I, I got on a, a bull of Chad Burgers called big guns one time. He was terrible. I mean, he wrecked me out. It was, it was bad. So I was at, uh, I think Thief River Falls and they were up there like, that's, that's turnout. Anybody want to enter twice? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I said, put me down, enter me twice. So I entered again. So and I don't think the entry is like three hundred bucks, but I entered twice. So I went back there to uh, I think Joey was load bulls up there. Hey, don't load big guns. You don't need to load him. I ain't getting on him anyway. So <laughs> I just I switched switched bulls the same person. 
That's a veteran move. That's sneaky out of way. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not fair sometimes. Hey, they let you do it. You may as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's get into the let's get into the amazing race. We're oh, I'm really yeah. intrigued by this I'm and stoked. have been for a long time. Um, I think uh, I think I started reading the stuff of Ted Harbin's when you were on the show. That might have been when I actually ended up meeting Ted was through what you did on the show. But talk about yeah. the start of it, getting on the show, getting you know applying for it, or did they come to you, or how did how did this come about? Did they find you from well, the I, I, I got to blame all the, the start on my brother, Jet. He, he told me I was leaving Cheyenne uh, Frontier Days, and he said, man, I got a great idea. Two-man team, race around the world, pays a million dollars. And I'm like, you know, by the time the 30-minute conversation's over with, like, I mean, I was ready to jump off a cliff or do whatever I do. $20 million. So we get home, we fill out a bio, uh, did like a 20-second a, a video. It's kind of hi, I'm Ford McCoy's. This is my brother Jet. You know, we're gonna we're gonna win your little million dollar race kind of deal. And uh, sure enough, somebody in LA seen the video and you know asked would be interested in coming out there and interview good for it. And, and little to know, uh, you know, looking back, they had like twenty two thousand applications come across. Like Holy to get wow. selected uh, was huge. But when we showed up at that uh, that hotel in LA, I mean they they pretty much. You get off the plane and they, they're holding up this sign and it says somebody else's name and they tell you to go to, you know, go get in this car. So it's some freaky stuff. And you go to the, the backseat of this sedan, they unload you and they like, you know, got all these radios and they're escorting you to these other places. But then you start seeing all these other teams of two. Like there's there's two blondes, there's two bodybuilders, there's two bikers, there's two, you know, people wearing really short shorts and you know what I mean like <laughs> me and Jen, like. We don't think we're matching at all because my hat's white and his hat's black. You know, we're not, we're like, they're not going to know we're, we're a team here. But it was funny just to see all the other people that were there applying uh, for the race. And then they called us up and said, uh, you guys are in, you know, send us your passport and get, get, get packed up. And I think we left uh, first time about 15th of November. And I didn't tell them anything about the PBR, but I had just went to PBR finals uh, the week before. So if you don't think those first three countries that I ran through, I, I was the bow-legged cowboy. My girlfriends were still a little pretty stiff. bad sore from the finals. <laughs> no yeah, way. I was, I was hobbling all the way through there. I, f- I found it here. So you go to the world finals, and it did you only uh, get to get on one bull that year in 2010? Because then you're, you got, you're off until January of 2011. Is that That's when you guys would have filmed. That's the, the couple months there, right? But it looks like you only got on one uh, bull in 10 or uh, records. Yeah, it had been it had been it had been ten. We filmed it in the fall of ten. Yeah, that was the first season. Yeah, because it would it would have aired in uh, spring of eleven. Yeah. So what? Tell us about the about the race. You go to those. They, so they they take your passport and they they've got to take it and get all the. They have yeah, to all the all the visas. Visas, yeah. You've got yeah, they have yeah. they have so your they, stuff and they meet you at the airport when you leave or, or what like. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. so like the, the first leg of the race is pretty much they just line everybody up and say on your mark, set, go, and you run to your backpack, which has the, the packet of uh, you know all your uh, passports, visas, and then an envelope that you open up to you know make your way to Santiago, Chile, and find this uh, temple, you know, and this is where your 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 next clue will be. 
So I mean, like you just you started a dead run, and then then there's a whole other list of like ways you have to even get to the airport. I mean, it has to be like public transit, uh, you know, with either uh, a, a train or subway or something like that. I mean, anything they can do to make it look stupid, like they still try. <laughs> You'd be amazed. Like uh, even me and Jet were like, we don't even know where this country's at. You know, somebody can tell us where this. <laughs> like we'd have to go to the airport to find out where we're heck we're going. You know. No Where way. this town's at? It's there. Just send, send, send us over here. We're going to go there. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, you, you start... don't want to sound stupid. So you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. So, but you guys, like, you don't have, you don't have your cell phone. Like, you don't have, like, you don't have anything. You guys are just, you're just no living in. No cell phone, rolling. no maps, no cash, nothing. Like, every, everything is, uh, like, your, your, your envelope that you open up, it'll say you have $322 to, uh, you know, to finish this leg of the race. And that's for your, you know, your food, your taxi, you know, anything other than, than flight. Uh, your camera guy actually has a credit card. So he, he, you know, he swaps it for any flight that you want. You never have to ask him, you know, how much for this flight. So it's not like really rodeoing, but it's, yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> No way. So the camera guy, so every team has their own camera guy that travels with them, I guess. Well, they, the yeah, they, they rotate every leg of the race, but you have a camera guy and a sound guy with you all the time. And you run up to the, the counter and you're like, you know, I need a ticket. Uh, I need two tickets for Santiago, Chile. I'm sorry, four tickets. So for camera, you have to, you know, ask for them for two for me and Jet. But really, if they don't have four seats uh, to where your crew can go, you, you, you can't go. Yeah. Oh, that's Holy interesting. They even practice ways that like, you know, you – you you open the door and both of you jump in and, and say take off and they drive ten feet. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. And you got to get your camera guy back in, your sound guy in there. <laughs> like, I mean, all the teams have to do it. It's just you know TV magic. Ways yeah. How how yeah. much of that was there? Was there like a bunch of training before you left about how you had to handle the camera guys and how you had to deal with them? And what um, you figured out real quick, but the, the 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 camera guys are kind of producing their own show as you're as you're going. I mean. So they might even be, uh, you know, taking notes or like, you really screwed up here. They're <laughs> like, that's going to be on the show, you know? Oh, um, really? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of videoing and like, Hey, you can't do that. And they're like, they'll, they'll, they'll direct you to, you know, this is what you're doing. And they, they never really, I, I would say interrupt the race, but they'll, they'll keep you updated on the rules. If you can't do something, you know, really. Wow. What was the intensity like in like the seasons when you guys finished like high in the places? Like did it get, get more and more like the competition of it? Like was it pretty intense towards the end? Yeah, it, it seemed like it, it's intense the whole way because they're always <laughs> eliminating teams and, and you never really feel like you know where anybody else is at, which they might be one block over, but you just you never know. Like you, you get to the the mat and they're like, You are team number one. And you're like, What? how in the world did we win this? Like we've been lost all day long. You know? <laughs> uh, it's, it's strenuous the whole time. The weird thing about the, uh, the, the race that we lost by about eight minutes, that cost us a million dollars. Like the last leg of the race seemed like the easiest leg of the whole race. Meaning we're in San Francisco, we're in America. We can read the signs. We get where we want. You know, we tell them. So it, it almost like, uh, you know, we got behind the other team and we just like stair-stepped our way to the finish line. Like there was not, not that there was not a challenge, but not compared to where we had been, you know, the last 28 days before that. So for finishing second, you guys didn't get, you didn't get, you got a couple of the daily, pro, like the challenge prizes, but they win a million bucks and you guys don't get nothing. They say, good job, Cowboy, good job. <laughs> no way. That's rodeo. 
Do you yeah, think yeah. was it it had to be worth it to go and do it though? Like, even if you didn't win, it oh, had to be man. worthwhile, right? Oh, I, I I drop everything and go again tomorrow. I like it, it was uh experience of a lifetime. I mean the, the the things that you get to see and do and and even the the places that even tourists can't go is like the, the the bottom of wine cellars and scuba diving and boats that uh you know that the CBS or the Amazing Race production uh lines up. Um, you know, it, it it's a it's a it's a real vacation of a of a lifetime. And I think the, the, the biggest thing you do get is there about half the countries that you run through, you realize real quick uh, how blessed we are for where we live and what we do. And, and you hate to be that way. Anybody that uh, even whines about North America, like there's some bad places out there that, uh, you know, people just don't have opportunities. So uh, we, 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 we're, we're, we're pretty blessed. We're, we're pretty spoiled actually. So you know, to, to, to show back up, up home at the house and say, oh, we didn't win a million dollars. Like, well, I got lights and, you know, and yeah. we got hot water and indoor plumbing, etc. Oh, yeah. So, it, did it get easier over the second like, the second and third time? Did the process get easier? We, we, we thought so. We, we thought. <laughs> like, time, like, I mean, it's going to be a it's breeze. A, we know, yeah, breeze. We know we everything. Got it. No, it, it, it's, it's like life. It, it has, uh, just because I lived yesterday, I don't know, I, you know, I know the challenge today. It's, uh, it's, it, it has its own challenges, and you still don't know where you're going. I mean, you may be less stressed about it because you're like, well, I was lost 36 times the last time we raised. It's not a surprise <laughs> to be lost again. Um, you know, I, there might be some things that you would do better, but, it's, you know, it, it's not that you, you've, got, you've got all this figured out, you know. It's like – I got I got I got on practice school last week. I got this. I know how. Yeah, I know how to do it. <laughs> what was the What was the process like then? When you're like you're on planes and are you like you're sleep deprived and you're and you're hungry and tired and is it like that or do you like do they they must put you up in nice places everywhere you go? Like some some of it's got to be pretty you, good or what's it like? You would be you'd be amazed. Like we could not win the million dollars, but you'd be amazed on how much of the amazing race is geared towards cowboys like because if you've ever uh rode in a camper of a dodge truck that they cut the pipe off of or uh i mean <laughs> like we i mean we can sleep on a plane or a bus and there's some people out there that cannot sleep on a plane and about uh day five when they've either been on a bus or a train or something and they've got no sleep that's it starts showing up on the camera of <laughs> <laughs> they haven't had no sleep. And they can't. They can't eat. They don't have a, a frate, lupe, whatever you call them, fruity drinks. You know what no I mean? Way. So I, I think, uh, yeah, they they it it is rough, and they put you in a bad spot. But it's just like the Fourth of July, I guess, rodeo, and it, it just don't hurt near as bad. But so is it? Is it like a month long Fourth of July though, or like two months long? It's it's a it's a quite a process. Yeah. It's, it's about 30, usually between 30 and 35 days is what it would take us to get around the world and back. And you would literally do like a 40,000 kilometer trip. You're going all the way around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole all way. All the way around the globe. I think that's still to this day, like the most confusing thing is the uh, international dateline when like, when you change days and then it starts messing with your mind. It's like, <laughs> did I just lose a day in life or did I gain one that the other <laughs> like it did still like kind of get you just a little bit Dang. like time change I can do they start the doing the day change when I'm, I'm one more day ahead of you uh you know with the sun thing you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So what was the, what was some of the wildest stuff that happened on the trip though? Like what what did we what was not on cameras that people might not have seen? It's, it's it was a decade ago now already, but yeah, since your I first mean, you, trip, you, but like the the show is a, is a is a highlight reel. I mean, yeah, really. I mean, if you uh, really screw up or you really do good, it makes the show. And so much more of the of the show is like rodeoing because you know you got to watch my eight second ride at, at Cheyenne, but you didn't see the other uh, twenty three hours I was in a truck or in a camper or you know in a uh, McDonald's eating. So there's a lot of time that you're just sitting there with no cell phone, with no map. Uh, looking at each other, you know, talking about people walking by, you know. No way. What were some of your favorite places you got to go over the the, the three times? Other than the United States of America, uh, I don't know. There, there was there was some, there were some really uh, really pretty ones and cool ones. Um, oh shoot, I, I I like I like Spain. I think this is where we got eliminated last. And uh, man, we got we got stuck there because. When we got eliminated, we had to stay there like three or four more days while they went to Brazil, and then we flew back in uh, uh, to the United States. I think that the funniest thing, the second time that we did the amazing race, um, the finals, we started in, in November, and we got eliminated, um, I think it was Switzerland. We got eliminated in Switzerland, and then we flew back into Las Vegas for the finals. Like, because everybody shows up at the finish line, everybody claps me in. But the, the one thing, when we flew into Las Vegas, the National Finals Rodeo was going on. And that is the one place that I don't even think we got noticed. I'm like, we're just running through there with cowboy hats. Like, there's, no, there's like 5,000 cowboy hats. What, what are, you're not special here. And that was, <laughs> we thought that was the funniest thing. If, uh, oh, if we wouldn't have already gotten eliminated, you know, from the race, that would have been, uh, been really, really fun. Run into Vegas, turn the NFR to win a million bucks. That would have been pretty wild. Yeah. That's wild, yeah. Yeah. Dang. Was there ever any tension between you and Jet? You guys ever butt heads throughout the process at all? How many how many brother, brother fights were there? Yeah, l- luckily, uh, a lot of the stuff, we felt like that we ha- had already got it worked out before we got there. You know, because they're like, <laughs> oh, you and Jet never fought. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, That's that what you see good. on TV. But I, I think we, we know each other well enough that uh, I think Jet knows where my line is and, and vice versa. And even if it's uh, the, the slightest ice squint or something like jet's kick you know i ain't you know, just don't 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 do it so no we're we're we're, we're, we're brothers yeah we don't we don't make a, a big tv show out of the soap opera we're fixing the fight but you know we, we yeah we, we we've done it what do you guys uh what do you guys do in all the like passing time was it just people watching for the most part or was it uh oh no we lost them oh we lost them phone might have minutes out of out of minutes okay we're back so so amazing race. Uh, what else? What else do we need, do we need to mention there? I, I'm just thinking. Uh, Wacy and I were just talking. We're kind of almost wrapped up, but I like I was kind of thinking about what might be some of the wildest stuff that didn't make the show, or or some of your favorite parts about the travel, or you know, it sounds like like even like what you guys did was it mostly people watching when you're when you're on the road like that when you don't have a phone, you don't have that. Like you can look at it, you can read it newspaper read a book but like what did you guys do because all yeah all most, that... most countries other than uh united states canada i, I cannot read the newspaper i, <laughs> yes, I don't know what they're, what they're saying <laughs> i i think uh me, me and jet can always we're joking about uh taking mental photos you know because you have no camera no phone so it's like 
like you're on vacation, but you'll never share it or see it again. <laughs> so we just like taking mental photos <laughs> of like of where we got to go. But um, yeah, I, I think just the, uh, the the places that you get to see, you you wish you got to spend more time there to kind of take it in. But uh, you know, there's a lot of the places that you couldn't run out of there fast enough to you know get out of town. Dang. So so what what's your like favorite mental picture from these trips then what, what one stands out the most that you remember the best uh i, I don't know I, I guess you like the the, the mountains i think the, the the big cities you know and uh china and stuff like that i just like i don't know how they can get so many people in such a, a small spot uh and, and then on the other end of like to see how many people you know doing the same jobs that we do it's just they have a whole different style of uh, you know, tools, transportation, you know, conversation, every, everything, um, you know, and, and not that, uh, you know, we're ahead or behind, but it's, it's, it's a different way of life, you know, wherever you go. The, uh, how many other cowboys did you meet out there? I don't remember, I don't remember the show now it's so far back, but like you had to meet some other cowboys on the road in, in Argentina or Chile or Brazil. Or- oh yeah. No, uh, South America was cool. Cause like a lot of the, the, most of the challenges matched to what the, the country did, you know, or what was their, uh, their income or way of life that particular spot. So when we were in uh, South America, a lot of it was, you know, like farming and, you know, collecting eggs or doing whatever, uh, you know, with, with cattle. I don't even know if they do with the, the llamas, but they, there was one like a llama challenge and stuff like that. And that's what people are like, Oh man, you guys are really good. Cause y'all know something about llamas. I'm like, I know nothing about llamas. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you know, and I'm, I can, I can, I can gather eggs. I don't think you gotta be an expert to, to, to gather eggs, but um, yeah, there was one, uh, there was a roping challenge one time that my brother Jet he missed one time. And like That's the uh, only CBS showed age. it like, yeah, showed it like 18 times. You know, everybody else like missing for four hours. My brother missed one time. They're like, Cowboys missed, you know? So oh, man. it was, uh, never that, that was funny. Down. The, uh, so, yeah, yeah. See- no, somebody just sent me a message. They, they're, they're just watching like, I think 18. And they, of course, they screenshot of, uh, of me in a, a kangaroo suit in Australia <laughs> or something. <laughs> I think and people always talk about like, uh, you know, embarrassed to be on TV or speaking for other people. And I remember one week we were in China uh, chasing frogs and we had like one of those uh, Chinese diapers on. Like that's, that was our outfit that you wore, <laughs> you know, in this challenge. Well, sumo, sumo diapers. Yeah. So we're like running across the country in sumo diapers. I'm like, I guess nothing to worry about anymore. He doesn't show your butt, you know? Holy. <laughs> Holy. Do, do you think that experience is like, kind of helped with like your rodeo uh, company in a sense like it's kind of opened you up to like what's out there and kind of the opportunities that kind of are there for rodeo and the people that like the different audiences we can reach with it yeah i i, I do think so i mean I, I guess i'm in love with the, the the cowboy way of life and i think we have so much to 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 share i think you know cowboys the way of life is the funnest thing that that I've been involved in and, and to say there today and say, yeah, I've been all the way around the world and I've tried a lot of different things, but like we still have the, uh, the, the coolest way of life in the world. Not only is, uh, most of us just feeding the rest of the world, you know, with livestock or crops or corn, uh, you know, whatever that you're, you're raising, uh, and all of that, but then you turn right around, like we have this entertainment, uh, value 
to, to, to show our, our way of life. I'm like, we got, we got some pretty cool stuff to share. Um, you know, just, just like you're saying, uh, what's, what's normal to us to be able to share with the rest of the people, you know, if they, if they think the amazing race is fun, they should come to the ranch for a while or go watch a rodeo. I mean, like this is real raw, good fun. The, uh, the, the race and, uh, the different languages, what, what was it? How challenging was, was it being in China and Japan? Wasting and I were talking about our last show and I was saying, I, I, he, he's traveled, uh, he hasn't been, been in, into Asia yet or, and I haven't been to Europe, but, uh, but like Southeast Asia and, and in China and Malaysia, um, you guys were in Kuala Lumpur at one point, but, and in Thailand, like it's not, it's not super easy to catch somebody that yeah. will talk to you and help. Yeah. Try to find somebody that, uh, you know, that, that looks like they can speak English and then, uh, well, in Oklahoma, like we talk with our hands anyways. So like we're, we're doing every kind of signs that we can, we can do to try to get across to them of like, we're looking for a, you know, you're, you're doing all that. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> and then you know, you're drawing pictures, but uh, the funny thing is, is now like, you know what you're trying to tell the people and then you watch the show of what they said, you know, back in, in, in Chinese or Thai or whatever, uh, like how far off we were like, no wonder we, had to run all the way around the country three times because you know we, we were looking for something that was a couple of you know kilometers they're like yeah it's 100 kilometers that way you know so then you're just uh you know the the, the language barrier is probably the toughest thing of, of the whole race i mean because if they could tell you just exactly where to go and this is exactly what you do you know the race would be pretty easy and you don't have show. a map yeah you don't have a map you don't have a phone you don't have like you just have to literally talk to somebody, write it down, whatever you can understand you can't read anything. And you, when you're in these other foreign countries, the signs aren't in English. You got to figure out and interpret on their languages. Like it's a total, it's a total, yeah. it's, a really, it's, it's really challenging. Yeah. When, when, when we're uh, actually going, uh, when, when you're going to the airport and they tell you you're flying to this other country, I mean, you, you'll go through their, uh, their bookstore and start trying to find, uh, you know, books or maps that might help you in the, in the, the new city that you're going to, to kind of familiarize yourself with, Hey, this is, this is kind of where we're coming into. This is where you're going uh, from here. But then, you know, the amazing race will throw a big curveball in there. Like, you know, you go an hour out of town then whatever you had researched or got before is, is no good anymore. <laughs> Dang. Dang. And they're you're, you're buying, buying, stealing maps all the time. Jeez. No, stealing borrowing them holy i just i'm just so intrigued by all that it's it seems like it seems like such a fun fun trip and like a such an experience that y'all it's it's incomparable yeah it it was it was it was so crazy i think the first time that we went on the race like i still thought it was a joke like when we're fixing to take off i'm like I keep waiting for somebody to come out from behind the, you know, dumpster. Like, oh, we got you. You think you're going around the world, you know, because you're like, are you sure they've got our passports? Are you sure this is what's happening? Really? You know, it just, I still don't have TV, but I, I, I've watched, you know, the, the pranksters or, you know, like, yeah, they done got us. So, so they had your, like, where do you guys, I don't, it's, it's so far back. I don't remember now, but where did you, where did you guys start? Like, like they had your passports for a couple months and you had to fly to, LA and start or like where did yeah. you guys begin the race? Yeah, I think we started in uh, LA twice. I remember where the the third time we started. We, we might have started in LA all three times. Yeah, I think I think we started in LA. But one time they would take us to you know a park, and the next thing they would take us to a big old wind turbine. You know, and I'm sure Ford was some 
uh, sponsor of it. We'd have to drive like Ford Focus to to the airport or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it was L.A. every time. I think we finished one time in San Francisco, one time in uh, Florida, and then the other it was Vegas. Vegas, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we we didn't finish the race, but we flew into Vegas. Yeah, yeah. after you you're home for a while, or were you in? You were you said you're Spain, right to Vegas, or what was it? Yeah, I think there was one more leg of the race. They might have went to Brazil or something after that, but we went straight from Spain to Vegas. So when this is, uh, and then, I think you know the funny thing is, so we flew in like three or four o'clock in the morning. Guess the one cowboy that I saw out at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, JB Bronc Rider. Oh, Bronc Rider. Wade Sundell. Wade Sundell. Yeah. Where like where yeah. they? He was out at four. Where they yeah. put you guys up then at the like during the NFR? They they're 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 still like they're hiding you everywhere you go. I mean it's still like a secret. But we we flew in through the international part and we went i forget what casino uh that put us up there wherever they want they the one of the challenges like oh, final challenge Island. was to the yeah they had to change the balls yeah that's right change the balls and something so that's where they they just they just put you in a room and send you a room service and keep you locked up in there oh, i mean no way. Court- they don't want to they don't want to give the they don't give the race away they think if you know people find that you're out or yeah because there's always people like typing online of you know oh we seen this and we seen that and they would even send us like uh uh, teams of two is decoys you know that you know you, you're already out of the race but we want you running out of the airport to go to this because people are going to see you and, and think you're still in the race or something really? it's yeah so you're on like yeah, there's, there's, you're contracted with them for the whole 35 days that's that's the deal you gotta yeah yeah you gotta you're working for the man yeah. <laughs> and you don't you don't get to go home like do you at least get to talk to your family like you they they would call our wives uh once a week and tell them that we were that we were good because i mean like they they would find out like my mom she can find out more online like oh there's pictures of you showed up in china somebody has seen this that they would you know tag the amazing race or something like so like you can if you really search it i mean you can find what where a lot of people are at where they're going what they're doing wow geez that's it's, it's, it's that popular you go to especially like you know australia and, and, and china a lot of people that uh you know big airports they, 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 they catch so it. I mean, there's two people, there's two cowboys running with backpacks. Holy. Um, well, I guess, uh, is there anything else you want to add on that? I, I feel like there might be more, but I just, I'm not sure what else to ask right now. I'm, I'm real. I just, I'm, I just like it. I think it's such a neat, neat deal. I want to keep uh, going. No, the, no, there, there's more. It seemed like there's so much that, uh, Jen and I wrote down in our little notepads kind of like, you know, we always thought at the end of the race, you know, one of the challenges was, you know, they wanted to ask you about, you know, where, where all you've been through and what, it, so we tried to keep notes of everywhere we went. Um, you know, I, I think one time we saw one of the races before us, the guy had spent all his money before he got to the last leg of the race and couldn't afford a taxi to, uh, to the finish line to win the million dollars. No so that was one of our biggest fears. So me and Jet, like, I'm serious. We, we joked this the one time that we would actually split uh, sneakers for a meal like we would save that much money uh you know and when we got the end of the race we'd have four or five hundred bucks that's all we got we got paid for the whole we just kept it no way so they so yeah where did you where did you guys eat along the way like did you just hit every mcdonald's that you could along the way that you saw or like did you yeah the first time that we raced we really did pack a lot of clothes and the second time we packed a lot of food huh. like I, I like i'm pretty sure 
Is it a second race or third race? My brother Jet wore the exact same pair of pants all the way around the world. Like <laughs> you can't smell him on TV. Oh yeah. man! And then like, uh, man, we would we throw clothes away. I, I was so glad I got Eric as a sponsor because about every third day, I just I'd lighten up my load. You know, mm-hmm. I throw throw away whatever I was wearing and you know wash some socks in the sink again and keep on rolling. So like, would you guys have enough? You would would you even have enough time to do laundry? One like once in a while or is it it's not that you don't have that yeah. time or do you or so what they do like each leg of the race like you, you kind of live on the road during that leg of the race but when that leg of the race is over like you you check in and they pretty much will give you a meal and give you a place to sleep so that's usually in a hotel anytime between legs of the race mm-hmm. uh yeah they, they'll put you up you can go in and you know sleep wash clothes or shave whatever you need to do uh, it's those long legs of the race that last like three days that other teams would partner up and, you know, split a hotel room. And we're like, we're so tight. We just sleep on the streets, you know, we were just bummed. <laughs> wow. Was there, was there any time you felt unsafe when you're out there though, or like, or like threatened while you were out traveling? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think there, there's, some, there's some sketchy places out there. Uh, the, the good thing about it is, most of it, you're just, you're just running through. I mean, like if you're going to get robbed, they don't really have time to, you know, sit around and, and, and plan it. Uh, but they do have uh, three security guards that go with the amazing race. There's usually one in front, kind of, kind of leading the way of like, this is the town you're kind of going into. There's one that kind of floats around in the middle and then one on the back. And they are like big stout Navy SEALs, you know, green beret, like, Dang. yeah. The, the people you'd want on your team, if, if something did break out. And, um, yeah, and that, they, and they like, they would have a meeting before the amazing race started that they're here for your safety, yada, whatever. And if you get kidnapped and we break into the room, go to the floor because everybody else is getting shot. <laughs> You're like, crap. Oh my goodness, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they're kind of prepared for that. And then they have these, uh, world phones, I guess, that no matter where you at in the world, uh, they can reach a satellite and call in a helicopter or whatever that, uh, you, you may need. So, no way. So, so do anything hairy, anything get kind of hairy like that ever or not like never, nothing ever happened? Uh, yeah, not, not, not so bad. I mean, we're kind of at a, uh, different way of life. I'm, I'm sure for other people, like it, it looked like it was getting really hectic, but you man, when, mind. when, when most of our, most of our best friends, like go to the bar to get in a scuffle just for kicks. I mean, like it's not, <laughs> you know, group. Uh. I always saw people like hey, cowboys are the they're the funnest people like in the world, and especially you know little little bull riders, you know, because they 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 just faced an eighteen hundred pound wild animal, you know, tied to it with rosin, and then you know then they're 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 big and tough. And they go to the the dance hall after, you know, so they're not scared of the two hundred twenty pound bouncer, you know, even though he's twice his size because the the battle he'd already been in earlier in the night. Like he's not he's not scared, but he doesn't, you know, it's that. They're the funnest. Uh, they're the funnest people in the world to hang out with. I gotta. I gotta agree. We've. Uh, there's been lots of fun times. There's mm-hmm. like you could just talk about it. One season in the PBR being similar to the Amazing Race. There's probably just as much fun shit and wild stuff that goes uh, on in one year. A, a weekend at a PBR event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there, there, there's uh, groups of. I remember like because JB Modi and Brian Canner and KCA's like, and they're all like little little skinny parts, but. Yeah. Man, they're like little baby roosters, and you get them all on the same team. They're funny to watch. <laughs> that sounds like uh, something that might have happened at the Canadian finals one year. I remember those guys were having quite the large time. I think they took a cab from the ranchmen to the bull riding one day because they were yeah. partying. They were having quite the time. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I've kept a couple of them out of jail a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lee. Well, uh, we better wrap it up here. It's getting pretty late over there. Wacy, you got one more question. I guess we better... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the question we ask all our guests, what is your definition of cowboy shit? Definition of cowboy... Oh, man, i tell you what. I guess you got to go back into... Uh, it, 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 is it Chris Ledoux that I ate the hat and ate the boots? Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who was it that said That's Chris that? Ledoux. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, the PBR kind of went into this other, this B cowboy idea. Um, yeah. And I, I think there is a, a mindset, uh, even, even when, um, even when I, th- I think when we went to Calgary, uh, for the, the Calgary stampede and we got to be parade marshals up there, there was a, a book that, that, uh, Dr. Temple can't remember is it, it. is it Temple Grandin or is it somebody else? No, there was there was a book is like the the rules of the cowboy, like the cowboy way of life. Okay, you know, and I, I think it's like this has kind of been popular for you know, sure ten years, and you know the the idea of of, of what this cowboy is or what is a, a you know that that pioneered you know the North America. I mean, I don't I don't know exactly what the the, the one word of that is. Um, you know, if you're looking at, uh, at, at, at livestock or people or business, like that cowboy way of life is, is only getting back what you put into it, you know? And, um, you know, I don't know if it's a, it's a living by your word, but it, 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 it entails a lot of stuff. And just to say that, you know, if you got a, if you got a hat, you're, you're a cowboy, I, 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 I wouldn't consider that. I mean, I, I think there has been, people that I've seen wearing cowboy hats that I wasn't proud to call them cowboy. And then on the other end of that, that, uh, I've seen people, you know, in, in skater shorts do things that would live up to any cowboy, uh, attitude mindset, uh, that, that there is. So, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's a way of life. I mean, really, it's not, uh, well, it's a hard to hard to earn, pretty easy to lose too. You know? <laughs> that's a pretty common theme, though. Is it? It's a way of life. That's kind of, it's a, an essence or a mantra. It it's not as much, a, it's not as Appearance. much. A, yeah, it's not a, really a physical ap- attribute if you're a cowboy. It's more of a mental or a or a presence yeah. almost. Yeah, and and it, and even when you you talk about. Um, you know, if, if five guys saddle their horse and go across there, nobody's, uh, you know, checking their bankroll of like, oh, this guy's rich, this guy's poor, this guy does, you know, one thing or another. Uh, you know, and you go through five gates and each guy gets one gate, you know, and and then it's just like they, they, they pull their they pull their weight. It's a, you know, it's it's not a it's not it's not a one thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 kind of living for the people kind of. The, uh, the, the big, like bigger, bigger, bigger things than, uh, individual. Than, than self. Yeah. Yeah. Big, bigger things than self. The, uh, there's two things I forgot to ask about. So the one was the parade marshal you just mentioned. we got to talk about that experience. And then, and then I talked to Ted Harbin before we did the show. I know you guys go way back. He, oh, yeah. he said, we have to ask you about how you met Sarah. And then you, you, you proposed oh, like before you went on, on the, on the world tour, <clears throat> right? Like, you, yeah. 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 So the, the three amazing races that I did, the first time I asked Sarah to marry me uh, before I left, because I was like, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen on this thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to freaking, I don't know where. Uh, 
you know, I, I wanted to ask you to marry me. So and I, you left uh, like two weeks later. I was on, yeah, I was on uh, Flint Rasmussen's, uh, you know, outside the barrel show, and I we'd already, we'd, me and Flint had already been arranging this for like weeks. And I think if I wouldn't have already had it all lined out, I probably would have backed out. I was I was nervous. I had a big old ring tucked in my boot for a week, and um, anyways, so then we get up there and Flint is, you know, does the whole interview. And, He's like, hey, you know, uh, you know, you see anybody these days? You know, we had to get a girlfriend. I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend Sarah, she's you know right there in the second row. Her, her, her sister Jody brought her, you know, to the to the show and made sure that she was there. And uh, I said, oh, you know, come up here. Let's get a uh, you know a, a girlfriend's perspective kind of deal. <laughs> and it wasn't uh, you know two minutes. He's like, well, Courtney, you got anything you want to you know ask Sarah about or talk to her about? And then there um, you go. So <laughs> yeah. The second time that we did the race, uh, CBS called and asked if we'd be interested in racing again. We're like, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, they said, we're going to be leaving first of November. And I said, ah, I can't. I said, I'm getting married November 13th. You know, this girl's been, you know, scheduling this wedding for a year and a half or probably her whole life, whatever. I said, I can't, I can't do it, but I, you know, I appreciate it. Well, they called us back about a week later and said, if we left November 14th, would you go? <laughs> I said, I got to make one phone call and I'll call you right back. Yeah. So, uh, so I actually went on the honeymoon with my brother, Jeff, around the world. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dang. So, yeah. so, but then uh, you guys met. You, the story about when you, when you and Sarah met is a, is a fun one, too. Yeah, so uh, I rode at uh, Tulsa, at the, the PBR up there, and uh, went to a little get together after the deal. Is that what they call them these days? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> I think they got an after party, but they uh, went to this little get together and this little blonde girl walked up and said, Hey, you know, I, I guess she had, she'd come to the bull riding on Friday and she had called home and told her dad about it. Well, uh, she said she took her dad told her, Hey, if you see this little redheaded bull rider, tell him to tell his dad. I said, hello. So that was kind of her side of it. And then Saturday came around, uh, this little cute blonde headed girl walked up and said, Hey, my dad told me to tell your dad hello. And I was like, Well, who are you? you know, like, <laughs> so, that that was that was the so the 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 joke at the wedding, you know, after uh, at the reception. I was like, Oh, uh, dad, I forgot to tell you, Steve told me to tell, tell you hello. Nice. You know, I, I, I never I never told you that That's awesome. And uh okay, so Calgary, then we'll let you go. Uh the stampede and being the parade marshal. That that must have been a fun time too. Yeah, so I think at the uh, at the time the 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 theme of the Calgary Stampede was be cowboy, and me and my brother Jed had just done the amazing race, and uh, you know, Doctor Callick, uh, does that sound right? Shalick. Yeah, anyway, that's he right. Was, yeah. He was, he was, was the chairman, I guess, yeah. uh, of the Calgary Stampede for a while. So. Uh, you know, he, he, he told us and, and asked if we'd, we would do it. And we're like, heck yeah. You know, that we looked at all the, the, the princes and yeah. lords and all, all these famous people that, had, had, uh, you know, had been the uh, parade marshal of the Calgary Stampede. So just to be added to that list was like not even expected. Well, the funny thing was, I think the, uh, they just had the Olympics or something like that. Well, they had all these famous Canadian hockey players, Olympics. <laughs> and a, lot of, a lot of stuff on social media is like, you know, they're, we, we thought they were going to start like throwing tomatoes at us when we, <laughs> when we got to camp. Like, we were not feeling very welcome, uh, you know, but I guess like most of the rest of the world, it's a lot of like online, online chatter. But when he got there, everybody was, 
really cool about it. A lot of people clapping and cheering and, you know, waving, but it, that was probably one of the biggest, biggest honors, uh, shoot. That was, that's pretty cool. That's, that's the biggest parade I've ever seen in my life. Too. <laughs> well, we, hopefully we get to have it again here soon. That'd be great. Yeah. No doubt. We look forward to getting to catch up with you again soon too, Cord. Thanks for this. It's been a long time, but thanks for doing it. Thanks for your time tonight. We went way over time, but this was a lot of fun. It was good, great. Good, yeah. visit. good oh. to see you. Just right. I, I, I like talking about the Cowboy stuff. <laughs> Again, thanks to our guest, Cord McCoy, for being part of episode 86. This is Cowboy Ship Ted and Wacy. Thank what you. What a cool for- guy, hey? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had a really fun chat. That was a really fun chat with Cord. Thanks mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. thanks for being a part of it, Wace, again, and uh, being part of the interview there. And mm-hmm. had lots of great questions. Yeah, he was. Uh, man, it was cool. It's cool to hear like from a guy like from his like scenario because like without the Amazing Race, like he the likelihood of him doing like the traveling around the world that he's done is probably like very unlikely for him right and even more so for his brother jet yeah yeah so i mean as we found out (laughs) exactly so i mean it's cool that someone from like our world has had a chance to get like some really worldly experience that not many people would have access to or would even be bothered to to explore you know like in our in our our world because it's just like it's just not something that's ever like Oh, I, I need to be doing this, you know. Like, there's just so much other stuff that's on the go, which is which is fair. Like, it's not I'm not saying it's a bad thing or anything, but it's just it's not very likely for a lot of people in our walk of life. I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I mean, some some of our crew definitely are big travelers. Depends. For sure, but I've been like, it's and we travel on, a different aspect than people like all across yeah. like North America and Western Canada and whatever and, and Canada. But like when it comes to like worldly traveling, like the majority of the people in our walk of life just don't, cause they can, you know, I mean, they have commitments to like, they try to take care of their farm and ranch or whatever, yeah. or they want to rodeo. Like, Animals, that's, yeah. that's, totally, that's totally cool. But it's just cool to have somebody, especially like someone who competed at that caliber, like the top end of the, yeah of the, of the sport. And then went and did that and like kind of brought a spotlight onto our walk of life. And then also got some really cool experience on his end that he maybe would and never then, have got. And then push back the, start of the recording of the show because of the PR finals. That was pretty <laughs> Yeah, nice. that's true. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. What was it because it was, it was his wedding that pushed it back? Oh, and the PBR finals, I think. Yeah. I think one year it was PBR finals and the next year it was his wedding. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I can't go till after I get married. And the mm-hmm. next one was, yeah, the world finals. And they literally, I think the, well, it was after he got married. You're right. Mm-hmm. Where <laughs> where he left the day after yeah. the wedding. Had his, so honey, had his honeymoon as on the Amazing Race. Yeah, With his really brother. Good. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to see that that's, and that just shows like what kind of guy he is as well. Like they want to oh, have yeah. him on that bad and like they want to yeah. flex the schedule for him. So yeah, no, that was, that was really fun. It was really fun to talk to him. Too bad they didn't win though. It'd been a bit of a game changer for those guys to win a million bucks, but I would, hope, sure. that he, I would hope that he uh, utilized, or I shouldn't say that I hope that he utilized, I hope that there was enough benefit of being on the show that it uh, paid off in, in other ways. I hope that I thought, I'm sure it, was it did. I'm sure it did. Way. Yeah. 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 I think for a guy like him, it, it probably was worthwhile. Probably a question we could have asked. And I wish I had a bunch more questions this time. There was a, there was, I, 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 uh, yeah, just, I was, I was disappointed. I didn't get to get to ask everything. We kind of, we we took a, we had a big show and still. It was long. Yeah. It was a big interview. It's funny. It's one yeah. of those things where that's the kind of the type of conversation where could you could going. have, well, you could even have like two separate shows, like one just based around his career with rodeo and then one based yeah, around almost. his experiences with the amazing race. Right. Like, yeah, it's cool to talk to somebody of that, who has that much experience on both ends of the spectrum. So 
yeah, another thing wanna... another thing coming up way that i forgot to mention was uh the new merch we've got the new merch oh yeah spring drop thursday coming. yeah we're dropping it what? online oh shit yeah like uh so you're gonna be hearing the show on wednesday and uh stay tuned cowboyshit.ca thursday march 11th uh basically one year into the old pandemic here Oh, and man. Uh, literally like one year because that was the my my club event was on the 11th yeah, last year when that wow NBA and the next down. day the next day i was that was when everything shut down wow and but the nba shut down on the 11th so we can technically yeah. say one year which to start i didn't yeah. really plan on that i just kind of realized that just right now but we decided we want to do it on the 7th it's our the new stuff is already in a number of stores and we're going to release everything online on uh on the 11th so stay tuned check out some new merch wacy yeah. and i as you can see, we've been wearing some of the new stuff. This is the Wood Mountain, the uh, oldest rodeo in Canada. Coming. Yeah, the blue embroider on the gray wool hat. We're gonna have a limited number of these. We only have a few in stock right now, but they're uh, actually getting getting discontinued, fun. so they won't be around for a long time. Oh, hot Wasting. limited item! I have a fun fact about what the Wood Mountain rodeo. Yeah, let's hear. It. Did you know that the grandstand for the overhang of it, they use like they cut off the branches of the poplar trees in the park to cover it up every year instead really? of like using actual wood. That's neat. I don't know if that's a fun fact, but it's just kind of neat that, that they do that. Yeah, and another fun fact. Oh, another so fun we fact. used to have the Anderson family reunion in Wood Mountain because like all my family's down from that, that part of the world. Yes. And um, one year we had a, a, a pig scramble for all the kids oh, in the big rodeo arena. Oh. And one of the pigs ended up, ended up escaping. Became from the supper. I know, and like just just ran wild within the Wood Mountain oh, and he was Park gone. for years, and like, oh, wow. but he was like, but he stayed alive. There were sightings of this pig because like really? he had very like blatant markings and stuff, and the like yeah, he, family pig missing yeah. for years, the great missing for years, and just went wild, the went great rogue on us. Of Wood Mountain, that's it's a great that's mystery. Good. It's good, and that's community. why shout out to and, Wood Mountain, and that folks is why you have uh, chicken wire on some of the rodeo arena fences all around for the, the exclusively for the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> And Ricky Ticky's chickens. That uh, too. Yeah, the colorful chickens. Speaking of Ricky Ticky, we got to give a shout out to uh, to Kobe Wanchuk winning San Antonio. Not a Huge. not a big deal. That's About nice. thirteen thousand. Give him a chance to get to uh, his first NFR. So got to show a little. And, well, and Kyle Lucas, number one in the world too, in the, in the yeah, title roping. That's, that's huge, cool. man. I mean, yeah, it's only March, but like you know, it's an accomplishment. Give him, give him something. Usually, usually though, you would say at this point of the season that that type of winter run is a good indicator whether you're going to make the NFR or not. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I give it more now than I do in December, right? Like mm. in December when the season has really, hasn't really started, that's not worth as much. But now, you know, we're March first. We're mm-hmm. uh, through. You're usually through the big winter rodeos by now, yeah, right? Like no Fort Houston Worth, Denver, year. all of them are all over, right? You know, hopefully we have the bigger rodeos in Cheyenne, Calgary counts mm-hmm. this year, which is home hometown rodeo for Kyle just about. So, uh, yeah, huge, huge for Kyle Lucas to be uh, number one in the world. Um, hopefully we have a lot of Canadians going back to NFR, even if it was a super spreader event last year, you know, sometimes that stuff, stuff happens <laughs> in the middle of a t- pandemic, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, hopefully get a lot of Canadians making the finals once again. Uh, didn't quite have the best showing last year with the whole crew, but, uh, still great to have a lot of, a lot of people mm-hmm. there. Um, speaking, going back to the merch, so Wacy, you're wearing uh, one of the hats. We've got a couple versions of the Happy Valley coming out. That's the uh, the gold on the golf hat. We've got a couple more. Got a Saskatchewan version coming in the way soon. Uh, Happy Valley, mm. former name of Valley Ridge Golf Course, which we're both golfing at this year. So had Members, to throw a little, not a big had deal. To throw a little, throw a little stuff that way. Uh, we got the Step in the Maroon hoodie, the Space Cowboy. It's a gold sweater. We got uh, a classic gray one. Uh, we've got a few more hats that we're working on. So check it out. 
got some golf balls back in stock. We've got uh, lanyards now. We've got some coffee mugs. We've got, got it all. all sorts of cool shit. So if we don't have it, you don't need it. Cowboyshit.ca. Get your new merch. Uh, last thing I want to talk about the American rodeo. No Canadians win million dollars. Scott Ginthner, Tanner Milan have a chance in the eighth round. Don't make it back to the final four. Zeke Thurston out of the money in the Bronx ride. And the only Canadian to make it into the four round. Um, Shane Hanshi wins $100,000. Tilden Hooper, a couple uh, winners. Colton, Colton Fritz, Fritz on that guy. Yeah. Oh, Man, he rides the bull good, that fella. Yeah. Yeah. So another good, successful uh, American. And he, well, he got it done twice, right? Like he run the, the eight yeah. round and was only going to sit on and then, and then won the four round again. So good for him, man. Yeah. That's sweet. Kind of. Uh, which, yeah, which, I saw your tweet because that, that's good. That's a good point where you make with like, if he's the only guy to stay on the eight, like he technically should be the winner because he got the job done. Yeah, right? in that round, right? And yeah. then he wins it again. So he kind of, kind of a. That's a statement a by him for sure. Almost, you right? know, yeah. like. Did, had a very good week. Nice. Yeah, it's sweet. It's sweet. And it's cool that they're able to have the American, you know, like given everything. And it's, I guess Texas is wide open at this point, but it's cool that they're still able to have an event of that scale for everybody and, and still be able to pay out the same amount of money, right? Like, oh, yeah. That's huge for, 100%. Um, for our competitors and stuff. So hats off to the american rodeo yeah and speaking of the american our next guest the creator of the american randy bernard on the next show episode 87 coming out be uh i guess it'll be march 24th with uh with randy 87th episode of and he's the tour manager for garth brooks right now i got just do i have his role properly yeah so that's cool garth brooks gonna be a heck of a show Heck of a show. pretty deadly Randy so, and he was a big and he was the ceo of the pbr for a while too was he not yeah 15 years actually 15 years Just so he's kind of the guy that got to see the pbr off the ground where it is now absolutely we'll talk to him about a ton of that stuff we're recording it actually uh the day that this show comes out but uh question i guess we'll, something we'll have to ask him but this year none of the million dollar qualifiers ended up winning the the side pot the million bucks at one point i thought that that million dollars was split up into the you know the winners a hundred thousand dollars where they roll it over to the next season yeah million. i don't know we're gonna have to ask him about that because at one point if you won a hundred grand and nobody none of the none of the qualifiers won then then it would get split up to that to first mm-hmm. prize to where you'd win a bunch more so mm-hmm. uh to where it'd be two hundred thousand dollar day where they're paying the top four now it's a hundred thousand twenty five thousand fifteen and five so zeke thurston makes the uh makes the final four ends up with 15 grand out of the uh out of the American, a nice little, nice little check. But I, I'm curious. I got to go back and look and uh, and find some more info. But Scott Ginther has a huge week, wins the semifinals, and uh, you know doesn't get that four round. I don't know what mm-hmm. he uh, what he makes out of there with the the semifinals at times. Definitely pay some big money. But uh, yeah, some interesting, interesting stuff there. The the American in its well, and it was another little... it was another great showing by the Calgary Stampede horses. Huge. Once again, yeah, they they I, I I never actually watched the event, but looking on Twitter and social media, it looked like the Stampede horses brought their stuff again. They brought it. They seem As to they like they seem time. to like that arena in Arlington. They've uh, they've done a little bit of work there, hey. <laughs> yeah, definitely done a bit of work there. Um. Anyways, we'll wrap it up for the show this week again. Get your new uh, cowboy shit merch, cowboyshit.ca this Thursday, March eleventh. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Cord McCoy. Thanks to our editor, Sean Morton, my co-host, Wacey Anderson. I'm Ted Stoven. Wishing you the best this week. Thanks again for listening to Cowboy Shit. We'll catch you guys next time. Appreciate it. Kid